Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. I have been away for a few weeks, so this is very nice to be back doing a live show here in Israel, in my home in Susia, in the southern Hebron Hills, the heartland of Israel. Um, it's November 27th, and I it's practically the end of the year. Just hard to believe, really. Um, all of you listening from America, you just had the Thanksgiving holiday, and I was recently there. And man, that's all people talk about. You know, I, I just got to say this real quick before we bring on our guests. I was there for Parsha Chayasara. Parsha Chayasara is huge, um, especially if you live down here near Havron. They closed the roads off um, the the afternoon of Friday because there are so many visitors going into Havron. It's so beautiful what they've done there. They've really grown that um, Parsha, that, that whole Shabbat with guests. And there are thousands and thousands of people who go. And, you know, there's like no place to stay. It's amazing what these people do. Um, they they tent, they they sleep in the yeshivas, they sleep in the parks, they find guest houses, people who live in Hebron or Kirinara rent out their homes. It's nuts. Um, and uh, they really take over. And there's a very, um, very, very strong security presence there. And like I said, the roads are closed off all around Hebron and Kirinara. And my children have actually worked during those um, Shabbats, clearing tables, taking out trash. They need so much help. Um, but Chayar Sarah is all about the, the death of Sarah, the life of Avram, and it's a beautiful, beautiful Parsha. And it starts by, you know, Avram buying the Mayarahan Machalab, where he buries his wife. And um, it is a very strong and clear uh, link to our past, to our ownership of Hebron. Hebron was the first capital. Okay, it was the capital of, the, of uh, King David. So it's a big, big deal. And uh, I prepared, you know, some Devar Torah to say, some things to say where I was when I was away. I was in um, Florida, different different communities in Florida. But nobody where I was really mentioned it. They were all busy talking about Thanksgiving. What are we going to do Thanksgiving? Who's coming for Thanksgiving? What are you going to make for Thanksgiving? It, I, I was, I was really, uh, I, I was really shocked. So Thanksgiving is now over. I know it's a big deal. It's a very nice holiday in America. One of my favorites. Um, but uh, I was in a Jewish community, and I really thought that at least we'd talk about the parsha a little bit, and they didn't. Um, that's uh, it was, it was kind of baffling to me, but. You know, it just kind of shows, and we're going to talk about this later with our guest, that there is a very big um, separation these days, a lot of distance between American Jews and Israeli Jews. In in some ways, there is a tremendous difference in our lifestyle and the things that are important to us, even though, you know, religious Jews in America always, you know, still and do learn and go to a special school and come to Israel and they do care about Israel and they know about Israel and they keep up of what's going on here. They really do. But sitting around the Shabbat table there and sitting around the Shabbat table here was different. And, and the atmosphere was different, clearly, markedly different. Um, and I, I felt it and I noticed. 
All right, we have a very um, great show ahead of us. We have a guest whose name is Dani Abel, who lives in Ramot. Dani moved to Israel in 2011 with his wife, Leah, and um, it was right after college. She was, they were just gotten married, I believe. And um, six months after they got married, they moved to Israel from Chicago to Israel. And they didn't start in Ramot, they started in Shalavim. He already had a sister here, some cousins also, but um, he came pretty young. I guess he was probably 22, 21, something like that. And he's going to tell us all about his aliyah with his family and growing them up here and raising them here. So, Donnie, are you there? I am here, Natalie. Was that correct? That that was correct. My wife's name is Leah. So that, yeah. that's one correction, but uh, um, yes, you're correct with everything else. Beautiful. Great. So welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. And um, if you heard what I said, I wonder if you could just give your two cents on that, the whole Thanksgiving the dichotomy with American Jews. Do you have a comment? Do you have anything to, uh, to shed light on that for me yeah first of all i feel uh, a, a similar sentiment on both ends i i love uh parshan chayasara uh my my family is very uh connected with 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 hebron and we spent many of those uh you know uh shabbatot of chayasara there and they were uh, very impactful and meaningful uh to us and uh, i also share a uh a good feeling towards thanksgiving and um and I, I think that they're both really, really important. And I, I also agree with you that, um, you know, living in Israel, and I'm, sure, I'm assuming this is what we're going to speak a lot about, um, versus living in America, they are different perspectives and, and people have different mindsets. Um, and it's, it's something that I think is, it creates, it's, it's some of the challenges I think that some people have when they make Aliyah, which I think we should discuss more um, throughout throughout our, our time together. But um, I think it is, it is a pity that... Uh, you know, to, to hear that again, we should be thankful. Uh, we should also remember our past and connect with things that are meaningful and make us who we are. Um, and being connected to Chavon and, and the Avot and the Imahot is our DNA. And it's something right. that we can't forget either. Right, right. Yeah, it was, uh, I was just, I was just, um, I didn't, I didn't, I just, I, I could not believe it. You know, I just yeah. could not believe it. I mean, I said where I was from and just nothing. I mean, they just went right back to talk about cranberry sauce. I was like, well, you know, <laughs> or whatever, uh, yeah, you know, recipes, whatever. It was just, it was a lot of small talk and, and there wasn't any big talk and it was weird. But um, that, okay, so we'll talk about that because I know you're involved in, uh, in in the community where you are and uh, you'll tell us a little bit about that. Why don't you start from the beginning, why you came and what... Yeah, uh, sure. Sure. I, I Look, I, I'll start from my, my childhood. Like, thank God I had parents who um, who taught us really great values um, one of them being, uh, you know, the importance of, of, of Eretz Yisrael, Medina Yisrael, um, and the importance of the Jewish people, you know, coming home. And that was uh, really given over to us from the beginning. And it was a message that, that, that carried through to, uh, to myself and all my siblings. Thank God we're all here. Um, and that, that was, that was a, leading, a leading, uh, force that got, that got us here. Um, mm-hmm. I met my wife. Leah, we actually—it's a long story. That's a, a story within itself. But we, um, when we got married, we, we, you know, we very quickly were getting comfortable in America, and we made a decision that, like, as soon as I was done with college, like, we're out, um, because we knew if we didn't do it, it would—it probably wouldn't happen. Um, and and that was just our, and, and we're very happy that we made that decision. You know, we were starting off life anyways. 
uh, career-wise, just our whole path of life. And it made the most sense that we did it. It was the best decision uh, we could have made for us and for our children. Right. Yeah. No strings. Uh, I'll just, I I, yeah. I, I'll give you like, there's one story that always comes to mind. Um, I, I'll, I'll never forget this. I think my oldest son was in second grade and he came home and he said to us, uh, maybe he's in third grade, but he said, uh, Abba Anima, thank you so much for uh, moving here when you moved here. And we said, why? What happened? He said, there was a new kid in this class that came from America and he's been crying the whole week. And because, you know, he, he doesn't understand the language and the culture. And, you know, he was so miserable. And my son was able to pick up on that. He said, thank you for, you know, coming here uh, and, and allowing us to be born here and not having to go through that, you know, culture That's shock. Right. That's right. So, um, Spare, so that thank was you like, for yes, sparing us. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for so. us. Yeah. I feel yeah. the same way every time I see a new family. And the, you see, you do see the kids struggle. And I. And I, and I thank goodness we came when we did. It's true. Your kid is smart. Um, that's not to say, all our listeners out there, that if your children are older, don't come. That's not what he's saying, and that's not what I'm saying. But everyone knows it is easier when the children are young. That's a fact, and it's a fact any move you make, okay? If you move from New York to California, it's easier for the kids. It's just easier for children to absorb change when they are young, Okay. Absolutely. Um, so if you have a choice and if you have the desire to move to Israel when you are just married, like Donnie did with his wife, yeah, pick up and go. You have really nothing to lose. You're going to start it's new wherever you are. So start new here. That's what you did. Very good job. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, so go on. You you came here with, with your wife and you went to wait, Yeshiva. Wait. Is that what you did? So we went to, I, I learned in uh, Yeshiva Chalavim which is a, a Hezder Yeshiva. Um, and my wife learned in the, in the, in the, in the girls um, seminary and the natural place for us, you know, I guess our home in Israel at that time was with Shalavim. It's something that we felt very comfortable with. Our teachers were there. Okay. Okay. So um, now pre- when you say Shalavim, is it, is, is it a little city, a little village? It's a Yeshuv. It's, it's actually, ah, it used right. to be isolated. It's a Yeshuv next to Modin. It's at this point, the suburb of Modin. Okay. Um, which is really nice. So we were like in this issue, uh, but like basically had all access to, to the big city, you know, Modi'in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and what was unique is that in the, in the center of the community is the yeshiva, this, this, that of, has the yeshiva where the guys combine a Torah study and army service. And um, they had a position, they had a, 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 an open apartment there and uh, the right time, right place. And we moved there and we started off our life there. Uh, part of the yeshiva, I was continuing my studies, uh, simultaneously studying for smicha and my master's in Jewish education. My wife was studying for her master's in social work. And uh, it was really where we put down our roots and, and really, uh, really started. Very good. Okay. Uh, and you were like 22 years old or something like that. You were, you were young. At that point, uh, I was, I was uh, 24 mm-hmm. uh, when we first got there. And uh, when we were there for seven years. Oh, the first seven years were there. there we had a, all right, all right. Yeah, we stayed there a while. The first three kids, and uh, was, was there. Okay. Okay. Are we? Are, I think. I think we're going to take a break here very soon. But I want to ask you something. When we get back, when we get back, we'll we'll pick it up right here. Okay, we'll pick it up. All right.
Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We're continuing our talk with Donnie Abel, who was telling us about his life when he moved here back in 2011 as a young couple starting off his life in Israel. All right, so Donnie, tell us, you you and your wife Leah moved to Shalabim. You are learning, she's learning, you're both 24 years old. Who is putting food on your table? Who's paying rent? How are you able to live this lovely life of studenthood? Good good question. Um, So I would say we were fortunate on many levels. Um, Well, first of all, we just got married. So we uh, we had a little bit of wedding money. Uh, that, that was, that was helpful. Um, you know, we got a, a, a few, few gifts that were able to help us get kind of like basics, like, uh, you know, living in Chalvin is like, it's a little isolating. We got, we got a car, um, with that, um, the, the Shiva that, that we learned that the, the, the way that they give, um, uh, uh, housing to the, to the people who are, who are learning in the Shiva for this exact reason of, you know, they understand that we're young and we're, and we're trying to, uh, we're, we're not, we don't have the means necessarily to be able to support ourselves, but they, they want us to be able to focus on our studies. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of it was get, we got, we got an apartment and a little bit of a stipend mm-hmm. uh, from the yeshiva. Um, so that was something that we were, that we were really fortunate to have that allowed us to be able to, to not have to worry um, so much about our financial situation. Um, and also we, we had parents who supported our decision to make Aliyah and go down this path of, of learning and education. And, uh, and they helped us out in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that was uh, that was our start. Um, as the years went on, we uh, I, I I got some teaching jobs, you know, while I was there. Um, my wife got her master's in um, in, in social work. Uh, she also uh, started. She also actually pursued a degree in, in sex therapy from Bar Ilan, um, and was finishing up that. and And she started a uh, a private practice eventually. Um, in between my teaching jobs, our uh, our apartment in Shalavim, uh, her, her, uh, you know, private clients, we were able to uh, support ourselves in the, in the beginning. Okay. And, and help from family. Good. So, good. so I want everyone to, listening here, um, you know, often you might hear that people can only come to Israel if they're rich. And it's really not true. There's all kinds of ways you can make it here. And if you want to make it here, you will make it here. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I think people, it's a, I think, yeah. It's a really important point. Um, look, we look, we were fortunate. Like I said, we again, we had family that could help us. Um, we had an institution that could help us. Um, not everybody is that fortunate, um, and it, and it, and it can be very difficult. I think people have to be like realistic with themselves and understand um, where they're coming from, what their resources are. Uh, but I believe a very strong believer that you know we're, we're humans are are people. We're, we're sur- people who who are who are survivors. We 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 don't just you know can't you know we we, we can't we, we stop eating and we, we find ways to make it work and i think it's all about if we want to make it work and we have to be determined and it might be very difficult um but but life isn't always easy and um but if a person wants it they'll i think they'll find a way to make it happen yeah you you, you said a very a good points and I, and one of them that you said at the very beginning is you lived in this place that wasn't the center and the hot spot of the country it was a it's a quiet issue of kind of far away Probably a simple life. I'm guessing you lived in a caravan. Um, so it was a, 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 a like a, a, a kitchen, like a little salon and a, and a bedroom. Like it was, right. uh, you know. And like, thank God, we we both were coming from more comfortable houses, you know, in America. So it was definitely for us, you know, uh, a, a type of misirat uh, nefesh of 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 uh, going beyond uh, what we were comfortable with. You mean a step um, down? Is that what you're saying? 
it was a step down in the sense of uh, physically, you know, right. like uh, right. it was a yeshiva apartment, you know, it right. wasn't uh, Student my wife's from La Jolla right. by the beach. It was <laughs> right. not La Jolla by the beach. Right, right. So all you listening out there, you know, it's a, when you're at different stages of life, I guess you have different expectations. And um, any move, you, sh- you should, you know, just, just be aware. When you're making a change, you're not always going to go up in your standard of living. All right. But you could go up in your quality of life. Now, I would say what Donnie and his wife did was a clear step up in their quality of life because they moved to Israel. Right. Totally. I am And it definitely comes with its challenges. Uh, look, I had a lot of family in Israel. Uh, my wife at the time did not. Um, and it was very it was very hard. I'd say the family piece was was the hardest. Um, thank God my, my in-laws made it, a, a, they, you know, they're, they're amazing at this, that they made a huge effort to come as much as possible and to be here. Um, but it definitely it was hard. It's, it, it has challenges, but it, um, like you said, I think in the long run, you, you see how it was a meaningful decision and, a, and, and one that elevated our lives. Yeah, that, that is hard for Olim um, to be away from family. And it's something that we uh, suffer with. You know, year after year. You're lucky though, Donnie. You you came yeah. here, you had a sister already, and all yes, your other yeah, sisters totally. and brothers have followed, your parents have followed. Um yes. you're not alone. This happens to many, many families. There needs to be a first you know, a leader. And usually yeah. it's the child. In America, it seems to be the children that go first, that come first, and then the parents eventually come. You see that you saw it, and, and it's not just you, it happens a lot. We skip the stage. It's I think it's the children. Then you have grand the kids or the grandchildren, and then the, and then the parents end up coming more. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So let's let's go, uh, Kadima. What happened after the end of the seven years? Your life in Shalavim? Because you're not there anymore. Well, yeah, we're not there. So I got a um a, 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 a position at a seminary uh, called MMY. Uh, which is a uh, a really great seminary for modern, really high level modern Orthodox girls uh, gap year program. Before they go, they start their university studies. Um, gap year a, is that okay? Gap year. Now I, I hear this term all the time, and I also hear the term seminary, and I want you to explain what that is because it's not college, right? No, so it's not college. So in the, in the, I would say in the uh, uh, the a lot of times, most of the uh, in the religious world in America, um, before you know, after when they're done with high school. Um, and it's not just the religious world, but you see it a lot there that um, after after uh, high school, before starting college, uh, they take a year basically abroad. Uh, they come to Israel and they focus on their Jewish studies. They focus on their self-growth. They really focus themselves, anchor themselves. They come to the land to be part of the, to be part, to attach themselves to the land and really centering and anchoring themselves before moving on to the next stage of their lives. That could be, you know, complicated, confusing, trying to figure out life. And it's a step before they go to university to make sure that they can do that. So most of the girls and, uh, and also guys, you know, yeshiva is for guys, uh, seminary, midrashah is for girls. Um, they, the girls, most of them come for one year. Some stay two years and, and some of them stay forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great way to really anchor yourself and, and get connected to your roots before going into the big world, big confusing okay. world. So you're saying things that you know what they mean. And I think I know what they mean. But our listeners probably don't. You, you, you keep saying this: anchor themselves, anchor themselves. You're you're skipping something. They're in a, a school. They're right? in a school. Meaning they're where in America? In, no, no, no. Here, the seminary. Yeah. 
They're not the here floating. Is, they're not anchoring themselves on their own. Correct. Meaning through the help of the school, meaning that they're, they're, they have a, a curriculum that's focused, heavily right. focused on uh, Tanakh, Bible right. studies, right. Uh, halakha, um, right. you know, law, Jewish laws. It's, it's the things that they need to know in their lives before they start a Jewish family, a yes, Torah very, Jewish family. Right. Um, nice. You know, and, and that's what they come to spend right, their right, time right. year on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I didn't know about these things. And there's um, there's in Israel, they're not called, it's not called seminary. I think it's called Midrasha. And Midrasha. Right. So there's one near me in um, Carmel. Ah, sorry. My own, my own. And I used to teach Zumba to these girls and they were like older, you know, they're like, yeah, eight, 19, and there's, eight, all, eight, there's all types. There's all types you have uh, for, again, they're, they're finishing high school. So they're 18, 19. They're done. Uh, you also have, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're done with high school. Exactly. So you also have, uh, again, and you have uh, people coming from now religious backgrounds right. and, and they're coming. It's, it's focused. They, they may have a different focus. Uh, coming here, but I think uh-huh. the common common uh, theme in all of them is is self discovery and really connecting to your Jewish roots, um, having that strong uh, identity. Yeah, but wherever you go, um, I didn't know about this at all, and so I was teaching Zumba to these girls, and I didn't understand what kind of program they were in. So I remember I was asking them like, "Well, what degree do you get?" <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. I I thought it was a legitimate question. Explain why you're laughing. I laugh because I think because a lot of times we think about school, it's the o- the only purpose of it is uh, a grade or advancing in life, um, and which is important. Um, but the but the study here is not at all. I, I would say an academic. There is an academic piece to it, but it's not based on for grades or a job or it's really for the person's self growth, okay. um, which I think is so unique and yeah. it's not something that the Western world I think is used to at all. At all, yeah. I could not understand what they, what this was. I, I, you know, I kept asking. I the answers I got were exactly what you're telling me. It's self, it's self, it's self growth. I'm, we're growing, we're learning, we're preparing for life. It's a major sacrifice, you know, because you can really start college, move on, go, you know, but but you take that, and it's expensive also. Meaning these programs cost a lot of money, and it's really it's a testament to the parents who believe in their children and want to see them grow and make sure they have. Uh, th- this this opportunity to help them flourish in life. Well, the, I wouldn't say the parents. I would say the kids who go, they're choosing to go. They're not even kids. Uh, they're, they're old. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a team effort because without their parents paying the tens of thousands of dollars, they wouldn't make it. So it's uh, definitely okay. I would attribute okay. it to both. Okay. Um, but it's 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 unique. I think it is unique, and it, it's very it's very uh, popular. And um, totally. You know, it's like Mechina. I also didn't, you know, when we translate Mechina, we say army preparation. Is it really, it's not just army preparation, they're preparing themselves for life. Totally. Um, it's very, very, it's very good. So that's, so that's kind of what you, is that what you teach? Is that what you So I, so I saw, we, I moved to remote because we got this, I got this administrative position and I had to leave uh, the yeshiva housing and, um, and we, and we made it to remote. Remote was our landing spot after that. Okay. Remote. So we're going to talk about that when we come back from our break. But Ramot, uh, for those of you who are listening, is a very popular suburb of Jerusalem. It's actually called Jerusalem. Um, it is. It, yeah, but it is huge. It's on its own. And it covers a couple mountains. And it's growing and growing. Very, very popular. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We're still talking with Donnie Abel. Uh, we were just finishing up his first seven years in Israel, which were in Shalabim, where he was learning at the Hesder Yeshiva and teaching, and his wife was also learning on her own career path and her path in life. We're discussing the the unique um, beginnings of adulthood education here in Israel, the religious, and not only religious, but it's primarily religious, how the women learn for a year before going to college or two years, and the men also go to pre-army prep school. Both of these tracks are preparing them for life, and it is really, really unique, very, very important, and so valuable. And I wasn't raised with this at all. And um, we were talking just earlier how they're not even with any kind of degree or um, certificate. You don't you don't get any kind of formal recognition for for these for these studies. You it, it's all about self growth. It's, it's just so great that they acknowledge that here and the, the students themselves, the parents themselves. As Donnie pointed out to me, it's a partnership. Um, it's a great, it's a sign of maturity, really, of the of the people who, who do this. Um, not just Israelis, you know, students from America come here and do these programs, too. It's great. All right, Donnie, let's move on, Kadima, to your life after Shalavim. You were telling us you moved to Ramot. Yeah, so we moved, we moved to Ramot, um, which is northern uh, Jerusalem. And it was, it was interesting, like, uh, how we got to Ramot. We actually, we weren't sure where to go next. Um, we were, we were, um, like I mentioned, we both grew up in like uh, Zionistic homes. We lived in a, uh, a Hezder Yeshiva, again, a Yeshiva that, that does both, uh, army and, and Torah studies combines the two. Uh, so we were clearly coming from a, a ideologically, a, a, a Zionistic, um, uh, base. And we were looking for a place that was going to be, uh, first of all, close to our, our, our jobs, which we were being near Shalayim. Um, in Jerusalem, um, and also that kind of fit into that um, ideology that we were that we were looking for, um, and we didn't really know where to go. And somebody mentioned us, uh, "Why don't you check out Ramot?" It was it was at that time there were there were very few uh, young uh, olim uh, people coming from outside of Israel who made an aliyah, um, and so it wasn't really yet on the map. Um, and we say, "No, let's go try it out. Let's check it out." Mm-hmm. And we went for a Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And it was actually pouring rain. We didn't have a chance, we never even have a chance to really, you know, go out so much. But the few times that we we went out, we 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 there's it was just beautiful aesthetically. It was it was gorgeous, um, and there were houses with backyards and and it was and it was in Jerusalem, you know, and it was like right. and and the people there was a mix of people and out of the box, and it was just it kind of had like this out of town, down to earth kind of feel. Um, while being in Jerusalem, and it just felt just felt right, mm-hmm. um, and okay. it felt right for us. And it one was, Shabbat, uh, made... you're saying this is one Shabbat, one Shabbat. And they said, yeah, That's I, it. I want everyone yeah. listening to listen to this guy. All right, there are people <laughs> who come here. I mean, multiple pilot trips, and they're jumping from here to there. I mean, there are people who come many times. And um, that has cut down somewhat because Corona made it impossible. Some people actually just made Aliyah without coming at all. But spending one Shabbat and you're telling me it felt right. I just love that. It is so true. Yeah. It's it's true with all all over Israel. I think think it's true with everybody. If you're talking about Aliyah, which I think is kind of our our, our main message now of of the show, 
Um, I I really think it's, it's a personal story, you know, and I think everybody has their own personal story and the place that makes sense for them. Right. And, and it's finding that place. And there's so many different places. I was just in Mitzperamon last last Shabbat with my family. And, you know, it's, it's two hours away in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, there's people living there and it's a beautiful place and it's, it's quiet, it's isolated, but I can totally see why some people would love to live there and some people would absolutely hate to live there. And I think um, everybody's got to find their place that, that makes sense for them and their family. Okay. So I have to jump in here. He says, it's so great. This is such a great thing. I say, I say this all the time. I don't know if anyone's listening to me. Okay. But I say this, (laughs) Israel has so many choices of where to live. It's not like you have to, it's, you know, when you go to a state or a city and and you're observant and you're, you're observant and you care about being Jewish. You want to be with other Jews, all right? So you have to go to the Jewish section, the Jewish street, the Jewish neighborhood near the shul. But in Israel, every place has that. Every place, the mountains, the city, near the water, every place is a Jewish community. So you, like exactly what, what Donnie just said, you can live in the middle of nowhere and have a minion and have your shul and be observant. And you can live where he lives in the city. It's so awesome. Like, why wouldn't you come here? You can do anything you want here. You could be a shepherd. You could be an electrician. You can be a swim instructor. You can be a gardener. You could be a professional surgeon or army commander. Or uh, you can do anything. You can do it Jewish. You can do it religious. You can do it your way. It's, uh, you're, that's spot on. And I think also, I think, you know, I, again, I'm not that old, um, but even in my short life, I've seen such a, uh, a change that's going on in this country. And I think a lot of people have like this image of Israel, um, like way back when, when it was like a swampland or it was impossible to get like tuna fish. Um, like, thank God, like Israel is, is developed and it's developing rapidly. Yeah. And, and I think people have to realize that it's, it's a new era that we're in. And again, doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. I think it's very important for people. If people want the easy way, it's not the easy way. And I and I look. I've been teaching for a decade. Um, and the number one thing I teach my students is is we don't make uh, easy choices. We make right choices. Um, and generally, right choices are not easy. And um, that's life. You know, having a child is not easy. Getting married is not easy. Having a job is not easy. But they're the right choices, the valuable choices, and they bring meaning into our lives. Right. Um, and yeah right all right good so thank you for listening to my little speech let's go on with you that's why you're here tell us what your life has been like in this new neighborhood because i know you've taken on some kind of new initiative and yeah. you see something going on with this uh with the many olim that do come to remote yeah so thank god remote's going through a, a really big transition right now uh, there's a like like I said, when we first moved here, there weren't as many um, Olim. There definitely were, but it was it, the, the, the floodgates kind of opened uh, like when we got here, the summer we got here. And like every summer since, there's been at least 10 families moving in, young families. Nice. Um, making Aliyah from all over the world, from different, not just America, from all mm-hmm. over the world. I, I get in trouble with my uh, non American Olim friends when I say, like, us Americans, they're like, not Americans, <laughs> all over the world, internationals, you know, um, and it's amazing to see. And we, we got here. Um, so first of all, it was we, we were already here for, for a long time, you know, um, and and we were kind of like the veterans. Right. Um, and a, a, lot of the, a lot of the people were coming in. They were new. They were off the boat. They were dealing with 
uh, language barriers and, and just culture barriers and, and just trying to get their feet on the ground. Um, and they couldn't think about anything beyond that. Um, and it, we kind of, we kind of took, kind of took the lead on being able to be a, uh, you know, the veterans of, of helping nice. guide them. Nice. And there was, um, when I got here, I got very involved in the community, community work, um, of trying to establish a, uh, a, a big Knesset or there's already a pre-existing big Knesset, but revitalizing the big Knesset and, and with the, with the goal of it being a, not just a landing place, but a, really a light to the, to the, the whole, I would say country and world of, of, of a place where there can be successful Aliyah and, and integrating it to society. Um, and this has been, uh, this has been kind of like my, my hobby, uh, for over the, for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been doing some unique things, addressing, I think some of the challenges that Olin face when they get here. Right. When you, so when you say this, you mean you're using it just kind of like a meeting place and doing different activities there to make people more so, comfortable in Israel? What do you mean? Yes, yeah, so, so I'll go with a little bit of, of, of detail. Um, so first of all, what's, what's unique about Ramot, we live in Ramot Bet. There's actually, I think, six Ramot. It's actually the biggest um, uh, part of Yerushalayim uh, is Ramot. Um, but we're like one little chunk of it. And it's, it's, it's actually a, a pretty cool place because even though it's like a city, but it kind of has this Yeshuv feel that it's everybody knows each other and it's it has this intimate feel. Um, so, you know, uh, being religious Jews, like are the meeting point, uh, especially when you're coming from like um, from outside of Israel, whether it's America, South Africa, wherever you're coming from, you know, the, the shul, the big Knesset, the synagogue was like a, a central part of our lives, um, which which you don't find as much in Israel. Um, and we used the the this the, the Beit Knesset as a as a meeting point, um, obviously for davening for prayer, uh, but beyond that, uh, being a place where we could come together to grow um, spiritually, um, and and also a place where we can address uh, some of the struggles and challenges. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll just go so, into yeah. Tell uh, tell me sorry. what you mean. Like I, I, it sounds to me like having meetings, but I think it's probably not different. meetings. It's not meetings. It's got, first of all, prayer. Um, but one of the big thing, one of the big challenges, um, which I which I see uh, that that can be again for if, if you go to a place like Susia where you went, um, where you're going to a place where there's a lot of Israeli, it's basically Israeli. You're throwing yourself into a completely Israeli culture, where you're forced to speak Hebrew. You're for you're you're forced to be uh, become friends with with Israelis. Um, in Ramot, it's kind of like this Olim bubble a little bit, where the Olim kind of gravitate to each other which makes sense you know you gravitate to people that are like-minded you feel comfortable around you can speak your language that you're comfortable with um and you'll find places like like remote you'll find places like in Beit Shemesh where it's it's much harder to um if you want to call it culturate or uh, become part of the Israeli society because it's much easier to just kind of stick to what you're comfortable with you say um, that because there are so many English speakers is that what you mean yes Yes, there's so many English speakers, and also there there aren't a lot of younger Israelis um, in our part of Ramot. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Americans, again, not just the Americans, the the Chutzniki and the people coming from outside of Israel, kind of stuck together. Right. Um, and what I what I saw as a challenge with that is, you know, it's very comfortable for the parents, um, but, uh, but what's going to be with the with the children? Uh, you know, if they have this identity of if they, if they don't see themselves as as you know Israelis and this is their home, that could be that could create a, a crisis in identity. Um, so what we've done in our 
in our community is we've, we've actually tried to address this issue head on. Uh, we brought in this past year uh, two couples, young couples, who were learning in uh, Mirkaz Arav, which is a, uh, a, of one of the elite uh, religious Zionist yeshivas um, in, in Jerusalem. We brought uh, two couples from that yeshiva that they moved to Ramot, and their job is to work with the kids. Uh, they do the activities. They do activities with the kids. They do learning programs with the kids. And what's amazing is because they're Israeli, they're able to, uh, you know, they're doing all the activities in Hebrew. Um, they're introducing them to uh, Israeli culture. They're Isra- introducing them to the Israeli system that will hopefully um, help our children, uh, you know, embrace the things that we brought with us from outside of Israel, but see themselves as Israelis and be able to be successful in their aliyah and, okay, this and, is, and creating yes. the lesser. Right. I got to jump in because um, maybe it is clear, but I, I know we talked about this earlier. I couldn't believe it then. It's so funny. I still can't believe it. I was actually telling my husband about what you do. And I was like, can you believe there are people who live here who do things in English and don't understand the Israeli culture? And he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, <laughs> Donnie Bell told me there's this problem. Well, I didn't ever, I never heard of this problem, but because well, we don't live in this kind of situation. Now, you told me something that really hit home. Um, you told me that the kids, when they're the age of going to Midrashah, which means right after high school, they go to an English-speaking program because they don't feel comfortable with going to an Israeli well, one. Yeah, well, yeah. And I was I'll like, what? Yeah, yeah. Didn't they grow up here? Now, you're, yeah. so that's, that's really the problem. Well, again, it could be a problem. Meaning, I'm not saying that happens with everybody. Um, it definitely does happen with people. And I think it also depends when you move here um, with your kids. Uh, think uh, in our community, most of the people who are moving here are moving here with, with small children. Most of them are under the age of 10, um, which is a great time for them to be able to, you know, they're, they're sponges. They can absorb, uh, they can easily uh, learn languages and and, right. and 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 adjust. So we're in our unique situation here in Rameau, um, it's it's tackling it head on at this age, so that by the time they get to high school, that they're it's, or even before high school, that they see themselves as this is their home. Um, to avoid that issue of like uh, again an identity crisis when you get to the uh, okay, post yeah, high school so, okay. age. What do you mean identity crisis? I mean, what crisis have you seen? Well, real, listen, tell coming, me a real crisis. <laughs> well, again, a, a real crisis. Listen, living in a, being in a, living in America versus living in Israel is, is two different worlds. Um, you know, an 18-year-old in America is is is, is thinking about what career they're go- path they're going on and what car they're going to drive and where they're going to live. In Israel, at the age of 18, you're you're thinking about going to which army unit you're going to go to. Right. Um, you know, it's it's a very different way of living and a mentality. Um, that if you're not if if you're if you're not preparing yourself for that, then it's going to be very challenging, confusing. You don't see yourself like, should I be going to like? college are we going to the army like okay okay do- okay but if you're living here and you yeah. made aliyah with your parents why yeah. would you think like an american I, I think for a lot of people it's just it's 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 just what they're used to it's what they're it's it's, it's easier it's no, easier no, no. to they're not used to it because you only have one life so it's coming from somewhere well no because the, the parents are are i believe uh trying to hold on to that that life ah, uh, so you it's, say um, that so it's, it's the parents fault we're, right. on, we're unpacking we're unpacking and i'm saying it's again it's, it's easy it's not it's not easy it's not easy i didn't say and, anything about um, ease i'm talking yeah. about when you make aliyah make you're making a decision 
you're making a choice. So you have to have both feet on board here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Listen, but also the, the Israel, like we said before, Israel has changed, and it's much easier to also be able to live here and hold on to things from there. It's it's the reality. Meaning, uh, people travel back and forth from work. People take vacations easily. Yeah, you know, you can okay. easily get on a plane and go. Um, and that's you know that's the reality. Yeah, but um, you know, when you grow up and you're a child, you don't do that. You you stay. You go to school. You have friends where you live. And you kind of want to go along with the crowd. And if the crowd is all Israeli and going to the army and going to Mechina, then you do it too. Uh, but yeah, but that's when you're in Susia. But if you're in, um, like, a, like, a, like I said, like remote or a Beit Shemesh, where you have a, a very large contingency of Olim, um, it's not that simple. But what are they doing? What's different? Uh, what, what do you mean what's different? Well, what's different from what my kids are doing? I mean, my kids well, speak English at home, but they're friends and, and they're, they're, they're Israeli. Okay, well, my kids are Israeli. I think, I think it's this. I, look, I, I again, I'm not an expert in this. I can just, uh, my observations. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with school, um, what schools you send your kids to. I think like in a, in a place like Beit Shemesh, there's a lot of schools that are geared for Olim. So what happens is you're in a school with a bunch of other Olim. Um, and it's when you're in a school with other Olim, so... It's much easier to speak English. Yeah. Um, so even if the classes are in Hebrew, everything else is in a in a Olim mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to, to not acculturate. I just think it creates a challenge. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's like being on the airplane. <laughs> okay, interesting. So, interesting. so part of what we're doing is is trying is trying to to help that. Like, um, uh, it's uh, you know, if 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 you're an English speaker, you're natural. You know, if we were bringing in the, I'll give you just give you a, a, a simple example. Um, if you're an, an Ola, so you might think that the best thing to do is let's get uh, youth directors that speak English. And let's get youth directors that understand, uh, you know, the mentality that they themselves are Olim. That could be, you know, one approach. Uh, but what I found is every time we tried doing something like that, they they reverted back to English. Um, and what we like the decision like we made was we're going to get Hebrew speakers where there there is no choice. You don't have a choice right. to speak English. Right. You, you got to speak Hebrew. Their, their mindset is the Israeli system, right. and, and that helps with this process. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you have to get more than two couples. Um, you're to, you're, <laughs> I, wait, I need funding. If you have anybody out there. Well, I mean, I, I people mean, you're, I mean, people want to live in remote. It's a popular growing place, you told me. So yeah. what do you need to fund exactly? Like just if it's an attractive place to live, maybe just as young as really couples will come and live there. And then they'll be part well, of the it's community. Very expen- we have a challenge. It's a challenge all over Israel. But look, we're a, a community in Yerushalayim. The prices are very expensive. Um, which ah. means that young Israeli couples are not moving here. Um, right. what, what's happening is people, Olim, a lot of Olim are moving here. Ah. Um, and and also people have so much, they're spending so much on just the cost of living of life to be able to do more is um, is, uh, is, is is a hard demand, a financial demand um, on people. So, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can with the resources that we have. Uh-huh. Interesting. I would love to look for me. I would love to expand this idea. I'd love to, you know, I'd like to see this as a guinea pig to to bring this to other, you know, communities. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just, it's just, it's so strange that this is a, that this is a problem. 
that this, of all things, is a problem. Like, you know, not blending into Israeli society when you're in Israel. Yeah. Right? People like, actually... I want to make it clear that... I want to make it clear that it's not everybody. It's But it is no, definitely I, a challenge. I, um, yeah. Obviously, it's enough people yeah. that you have found a need. Yeah, totally. So who cares that it's Absolutely. not everybody? You've, I, I mean, we can all point out, you know... Same thing. I see people. I, I we successfully met Aliyah, right? That there are families who've come here. Their kids are walking around with no shoes and didn't go to class. Okay, like, right, right. You know, yes, that's not everybody, but it happens. It does happen. It is hard to do what we did. Not everyone succeeds moving to an Israeli yeshuv. Some people really need to be with other people who speak their language. They need the camaraderie. Oh. They need friends. The kids could cannot keep up. They drop out. They become delinquents. You know, it's it's horrible. It's horrible to see this. Is it, we we saw it happen. We saw it happen to a family. Um, and, so, uh, so I see why people move to English speaking communities. It's they yeah. they don't want so, all those changes. They don't want their kids to fail. Totally, but I think, and but the problem that I think people have, you know, they're scared for the change, um, but also that fear of change also, on the other hand, helps the process of of of, of creating more challenges for the kids. Um, and I think what we're trying to do is, I, I, look, my goal, my dreams and aspirations is creating a bridge um, that, that that goes in both directions, a bridge for the for the Americans to have access to that Israeli world um, and simultaneously bringing the good things that we have to offer from, you know, coming from uh, the places that we come from to the Israelis. I think that there's, you know, that that's part of Kibbutz Galio. That's part of the, the coming back to the land is all these value systems coming together and yeah but you know Donnie, but, but you, when you say things I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate because this is entertainment right sure. <laughs> when you when you say Bring things like um, when you say things like we live in an expensive neighborhood so people can't afford to live here uh yeah israelis don't really need you they don't they're not interested in living in a fancy house they they, they can't they can't afford well, it that's not, I'll that's not that, that's not true there's a lot of israelis that can't afford it um, but I, but I, but but that 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 I, I don't think I mean, that's the reality of, of the world. There's going to be expensive. Place. We're living in the city. City is yeah. expensive. Expensive yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Um, so yes, we have a unique situation here in Ramot. It's not the same situation everywhere. Um, and we're dealing with our our unique situation. But but the the, the situation is is it's going to be the same thing in a different variation in other places. Okay. Okay. Fine. Um, I mean, even Beit Shemesh has a lot of uh, English speakers. A ton. But it's an Israeli city, you know, it is. Uh, but it's also a very Anglo city as well. Um, um, fine, you, you but can, go to the mall. Yeah. I mean, the mall is Israeli. It's the same Israeli stores, the same Israeli people, same Israeli waiters, same Israeli parking people, same Israeli you see everywhere else. The garages, get your car done. You can't, nobody speaks English. It's hard, you know, uh, it's an Israeli city. Uh, yes, depends where you go. I mean, I've been to places where everybody's speaking English. It really depends where you go. Yeah, um, okay. Eng English, uh, it, it, again, 100%. Um, and it depends on the person. Depends yeah. on the person and where they, what they want to do. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to say one thing. What did I want to say to you? Oh, B'nai Akiva. What, what do you yeah. have there for the kids? That's like... Our, so I'll tell you, so this, is, uh, so this is the biggest struggle that we have. Remote used to be the biggest B'nai Akiva in the entire country. Um, mm -hmm. I would say 30 years ago, 40 years, whatever it was, a, a while back. The problem is all the kids grew up. Right. Um, the population became much older, and mm. what we're experiencing right now is uh, we got a lot of younger people, older people, but the middle age group is 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 basically non-existent. So the youth groups dissolved pretty much, 
um, or they're not how they used to be, which is that, which is one of the biggest struggles that we're having as far as, you know, helping with this bridge, um, which is why we brought in these youth couples, which is essentially serving as a, uh, you know, filling in that, that need. So you don't have any young adults. You don't have any twenties. We don't, uh, not really. We don't have the high school kids, which are needed to help be the role models for right. the So everyone moved out kids. because it was too expensive. They moved away and they couldn't afford yeah. to move back married. Uh, yeah, the guy just got older. It just got it became an older, an older. No, 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 no. It doesn't just get older. Uh, where we live, when I where I live, people get older. But what happens here? Um, their kids come back married. A lot of them. A lot. Yeah, of so them. you. But I'll tell you, I think what happened for um, a lot of them, um, it could be also they they it was maybe too American for that also. Right. Now their kids right. don't want to come back to such a place. So right. um, again, it's it's too it's too it's two issues. So no, and also uh, expensive. I mean, I know in expensive. Um, I'm saying right, exactly expensive. But but what do people do here? They live in a caravan, or somebody builds yeah. an apartment and they live in the apartment. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they do that in remote. I'm sure. They have apartments and like basement apartments and caravan. No, I'm sure. No, it's a different, it's a different, uh, it's, Susia is a different world. I know, I know Susia is a world, but I mean, even in a place like um, uh, near Modi'in, there's a Hashmonaim, okay? Hashmonaim. Yeah. They, yeah. it's very, very high um, standard of living there, beautiful homes. But I know also young couples live there and they rent apartments or they live in someone's basement apartment or someone added on. I know. Yeah. So, couples. so what's yeah. So what's unique in remote? Everybody wants the the, the, the draws remote met, um, and, and that's you so you're it's yeah. So it's a it's a limited amount of space. Um, so housing is a huge problem. Like, I mean, there'd mm. be hundreds of more people who move in if there were housing. There is there's just no housing available, which is a big problem mm-hmm. um, that we're facing. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been like the re- this is I've heard this story ever since I made Aliyah. This housing yeah. crisis. Like, what is going on here? If people want yeah. to move here, build them, build houses. And then, so we have the, we hear this housing crisis. And then every which way you look are cranes and building going on. So there is building yeah. going on. There's been building going on for 25 years. Totally. It's just not totally. fast. Uh, we can't keep up with it. Exactly. It's, Thank God. It's, a good pro- it's, a, it's a good problem, I guess. It's know, a great it's, uh, problem. Yeah. It's a great problem. But um, yeah, it, it, may, it, it creates a shift in communities. And people, like you said it, I think is probably 100% what you said. People just don't want to move back there because it's too Anglo and or because it's too expensive. Yeah. So, but I do, what I do think is, and it's an important message for those listening, uh, you know, not in Israel who are maybe contemplating Aliyah or maybe not even contemplating it. But I think a, a, something unique about Ramot, uh, which I think you won't just find in Ramot, you'll find it in, in many places in Israel, you know, some people say like, you know, my standard of living is, is much higher in, you know, wherever I live. Um, and that's true in, in many cases. Um, I think something we knew that we're showing in Ramon is that you can live a, a high quality life. Um, again, I'm talking physical, physical life. Uh, you know, you can, you can have a house with a backyard. Standard uh, of living, standard of living. Standard of living. Again, for those who are saying, you know, they're, they, 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 you know want, want that type of lifestyle. It, again, it might have been impossible a few decades ago. Um, but but it's possible now. Again, not going to be easy, and it might be more expensive. Uh, but it's possible. More expensive um, than what? That, Wait, more expensive than what? Than than uh, than America. There's certain things in America. I mean, the, the cost of uh, uh, right. of cars is more expensive. Um, right. Water. And, uh, you know, water. But even even building materials, meaning certain things, yeah. that the taxes are higher. 
Uh, but but if you're but if you're not paying us school tuition, um, you're saving money. So that's right. That's right. It all does even out in the end. Uh, health, health. We have the health care costs that are very low here, and the education, yeah. and those are huge, oh. huge expenses. It's 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 a big deal, huge deal. Yeah. Um, okay, so good. So anybody uh, listening who has questions about moving to remote bet, write to me at Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I repeat, Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And I will pass your questions on to Donnie. Um, it is a beautiful part of Jerusalem. I've been there several times myself on my way to Givat Zev, where we have our headquarters for Rescuers Without Borders. And it is beautiful. Ramot also, which you did not mention, has a humongous mall. And it's not yes. only a regular mall, it's an open mall. So it's outside. And there's an escalator that's outside. It is the coolest yeah. thing. And all of a sudden, there's a roof. It's very nice. And there's like a lot of restaurants. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of restaurants. I mean, they have sushi, they have bagels, they have my favorite restaurant in Israel, Cafe Cafe, which is, you know, they've got it all there. Um, And clothing stores and bakeries. And it's really, really nice. Um, Yeah. And and all the health care, it's really, really, really nice. And um, it's all Jerusalem stone all the neighborhoods there so it's that when when you're saying it's beautiful that's probably what you mean and that's part of what happens when you live in israel um you Jerusalem stone is it becomes very beautiful to to your eye yeah we got we got you know we have a forest there you know something that was important to us and um you know like i said i'm I'm in the world of teaching and and educating uh students um we it was important for us to build a, a nice home because we have a lot of people coming through our house um in their formative years and, and we want them to be able to come into a house and say, wow, like, I can do this. And I think that's a really important message um, to people um, that, that you can do it. And don't, don't be scared. I think it's about a matter of where, where our head's at. You know, if we want to make something work, I'm a big believer of this. We find ways to make it work. Um, and uh, don't so you wanted to create out of it. A home so people would see it and say, oh, wow, look at this. I can do it too. Or, or oh, look at this. I'll never be able to do this. No, they, I, 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 no, <laughs> I the, first, the first thing I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think, listen, look, there's all types of people, right? There's going to be some people who are happy living in a caravan. Um, right. And there's going to be some people who want to keep their lifestyle or, or, or be able to um, be comfortable in the way that that's good for them. And it's important for every person to see that there's a place for them in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think a big part of coming to Israel, um, and we spoke a little bit about this before, there's, uh, you know, part, part of coming to the land is, 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 is taking the phys- a physical land and uplifting it and making it spiritual. Um, and, I, and I think that embracing the physical world um, is extremely important here. Uh, in Israel, so to take these physical things and uplift them, and you know, when we when we made our house here, um, we you know at the Hanukkah Avayit, at the introduction of the house, I said we didn't just build a house; we built a house in, in Jerusalem, and yes. it's going to be something that's eternal and something that we should uplift and make beautiful. Yeah, fair. Okay, Amen. Um, that is a great goal, and it's just one of many. But uh, one of yeah. many. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bracha, you know, and um, yeah. thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing all that. A lot of information here today, a lot. And uh, again, listeners, um, you want to reach out, you have questions for me or for Donnie, I will pass them on happily. Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We are going to wrap it up. Thank you so much. 
Um, Thank you for having me, Natalie. I appreciate it. It was really good. Really good. Uh, you're, you're a very good talker. You can hold your own. You don't need me. That's Thank, you. <laughs> um, Thank you. Have a great week and uh, we'll, we'll sign off. I'll catch all our listeners next week. Same time. Shavuato. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.